as you're drawing a moment like a scar throwing Mufasa off a cliff. Long live the king. <laughs> Are you thinking, oh man, like this one's gonna cause like millions of kids like <laughs> fear and trauma at this moment? Oh, enough, you know, you don't you think the audience will react in a, in a proper way, and it probably would do that kind of a probably would get that kind of a reaction, but you're, you're in the moment, you know, and you're you're trying to feel what the character is feeling and understanding that because uh, if I don't feel that moment, then the audience will won't feel it either, you know. So that's mm -hmm. really important, whether it's a comedy scene or something really bad and evil is uh, happening. Uh, you gotta you gotta feel it, uh, you know. You gotta climb into the mind of these uh, characters and act it out. <laughs> Today on the show, we are joined with a man who's a legend in every sense, created some of the most iconic characters of our childhood, and was one of the lead animators at Disney. He is Andreas Deja, and currently he's got a new short film titled Mushka that took him 10 years to make. And what's super special about Mushka, it celebrates the old style of Disney, the classic 2D hand-drawn stuff we grew up with and it's absolutely beautiful around getting all the behind-the-scenes details of Mushka we get to pick Andrea's brain on his legacy his process while working for Disney the psychological magic how you can make people watch these films fall in love with the characters and almost forget they're watching drawings and as he goes into his spirit and philosophy on his work you can tell it takes a special guy with a soul and passion like his to take us on a wonderful ride. Also, he gives us his thoughts on the modern trend of the industry changing to 3D and CG animation, gives some great advice for aspiring animators, and a reminder that magic and drawings still exist. So yeah, let's get right into it. Here is the legend, Andreas Deja. Andreas, it's an honor to speak to you this morning as I have my morning coffee and everything. And uh, and yeah, just how are you doing today? I'm doing great and I'm uh, looking forward to talking to you. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I just watched the, your latest short film, Mushka. And what I loved about it too is like, it's just such a classic style of animation that myself and people of my generation grew up watching, but it's brand new. and I also read that this took you about like 10 years to make. Am I correct? Yeah, it took a long time. Uh, just about a decade uh, is when we started. And uh, there were a few small breaks in between. I I was offered to write a book on Disney's old animators. So that took about nine months out of the schedule. And I curated a couple of exhibitions for the Walt Disney Family Museum. Also, that took a little time. But yeah, it started about 10, 10 years ago. But uh, here we are. It's done. Yeah. So how is it feeling to finally get this out, get people watching it and everything? You know, it's 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 a lot of fun, obviously, to have people react to it and uh, uh, show it to audiences. But to be honest with you, it hasn't quite sunken in yet because for so long I was sitting at that desk over there every day, you know, just animating a new scene. And to have that, even though we, we finished at, at the end of last year, there's still that feeling... There has to be something more to animate. I mean, it can be done, you know, because <laughs> yeah. you've been at it for so long. And uh, uh, but it is done, and uh, 
uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a great joy to show it at festivals and see people's reaction. Yeah, it's amazing. I also, uh, without any big spoilers, just there's a scene at the beginning on the on the train, and I love how there's like a little wink and nod at your legacy of like uh, working for Disney with a couple of the people on the train, and so that must have been really fun to kind of insert little Easter eggs like that into it. I was literally when I was animating that scene, I thought, well, she has either a coloring book, this little girl, or or she's drawing something. And it, it, it had to be something very simple, obviously. And uh, that's what I came up with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I also love talking to you today because uh, you're just kind of the lead behind some of the most iconic villains of my childhood, from <laughs> Gaston to Jafar to Scar and talking to you right now and seeing like other interviews of you, you're obviously a nice guy, but what kind of gravitated towards like Disney putting you in charge of all of the evil characters in a way? Well, when they offer you uh, a role like that, uh, a villain, you, you're you not going to turn that down as an animator because, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as you might know or agree with villains, drive the story you know they want to change things they want to be in power and uh, so just from a motivation point of view there's so much there and they they often have great voices uh, voices you know who uh help you to define the character um especially with with a character like scar i mean gosh we we have jeremy irons how, how can you go wrong you know as an animator you almost can't screw that up because the, the voice readings that he gave us were so rich and and smart and uh, added sort of a sense of intelligence and danger to the character. And I, I, I just absolutely loved it. But it wasn't really planned that I would do one after the other, one villain after the other. Uh, Gaston was my first one. And then the next crew, were, uh, were, of course, did Aladdin. They said, we like what you did with Gaston. Do you want to do our villain? And then one more time with uh, Lion King with Scar. But but then uh, the offers kept coming, so to speak, when we were starting Hercules. They said, do you want to do Hades for us? And and I took a deep breath and I said, well, if I have a choice, maybe I should do a different character because if I'm going to end up doing another villain, there's a chance that I might repeat myself in the acting. Mm. And, and, and so I didn't want to do that. And I said, uh, if the character is still available, I would like to do adult Hercules because that's like for me shifting gears to do something else. And... Uh, so they gave me that character. I think that's the beauty uh, uh, of an animator that you can do any character. You can do female characters, male characters, animal characters. You can slip into all these different character roles. And uh, I had a chance of doing that. Yeah, that's so amazing, too. And uh, even I find, like like you mentioned, too, like a lot of the villains kind of steal the show. It's like just the Disney formula of just hiring like just a great actor. And there's always just that intense scene too in the movies and i'm just wondering like as you're drawing a moment like just a random example as like a scar throwing mufasa off a cliff <laughs> are you thinking oh man like this one's gonna cause like millions of kids like fear and trauma at this moment and like are you always like conscious of like stuff like that while sort of you know you don't uh uh you think the audience will react in a, in a proper way and it probably would do that kind of a probably would get that kind of a reaction but you're, you're in the moment you know and you're you're trying to feel what the character is feeling and understanding that because uh 
if I don't feel that moment, then the audience will, won't feel it either. You know, so that's mm -hmm. really important. Whether it's a comedy scene or something really bad and evil is happening, uh, you gotta you gotta feel it. Uh, you know, you gotta climb into the mind of these uh, characters and act it out. Yeah, amazing. And I could tell you really get in the zone. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole of watching you just draw on YouTube. Uh, I was originally gonna looking for like little researches so i'm not asking the same questions as other people but then i just <laughs> fell into almost like an asmr of you just watching a master at its craft and like while you're doing that there's just such a peaceful presence that's coming off of you and i just want to know do you find like it to be like meditative when you slip into that creative uh flow state and everything yeah i think you could call it that uh uh the the most important part really of my work is when you start with a blank sheet of paper and there's nothing on it and if you have a dialogue scene you listen to the dialogue quite a few times you close your eyes until images come to mind and during that process when i'm thinking about the acting and getting to know the feelings of the characters in that scene uh, i really don't want to have any phone calls i don't want to have any visits to my office it's just it's just complete focus you know mm -hmm. you you just it's just you and the character and then uh, just scribbling down basically uh, what the character is doing and feeling and those early scribbles uh, uh, are, are very very loose uh, sometimes people won't even recognize what that is I just it's really out of your stomach out of your gut onto paper uh, but that's that's the most important part of it is uh, is how did you decide on this particular piece of acting and, and what's it going to look like? Uh, or what's it going to actually, what's it going to feel like is, mm -hmm. is what you ask yourself first. Then, then you can scan those drawings already and see these doodles do something. And if you, you kind of get a sense at, even at that rough stage where it's going and if it's going to work or not. And if it is working and if it has the, the right feeling, then I do another pass uh, sometimes on the same drawing Sometimes I would take a new sheet of paper uh, and then do really uh, uh, fine line drawings and boil it down, add all the detail. And that part has always been easy to me. I always uh, put some music on at that stage, uh, don't have to concentrate as much as the earlier pass. Uh, and just to define the character and draw the character, that was, that's always been re relatively easy. Some animators struggle with that. Uh, it has, I think it has to do with your level of draftsmanship. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and Disney was telling me that in that letter that I got from them when I was a kid, uh, I, I actually did write to the studio and uh, what can I do, you know, to prepare myself here as a kid to sometimes work for Disney and this, sent me a letter and they said, you, you got to learn how to draw and you have to become an artist on your own right. So, so go to the zoo and do all that and do uh, take, take glass, uh, lessons in uh, life drawing. You have to know the human figure and, and all of that, that stuff. Uh, so um, there's, there are some animators that come equipped with that and some that have less experience in it. So they might struggle a little bit more with with the, the actual fine drawing of that. But uh, uh, yeah, to me, the, the most important part has always been that first pass. I mean, what is it going to be and how is it going to go? Wow. Yeah, and it's just amazing to even like have this archive of you on youtube seeing you do this stuff because i find it just like just the imagination to kind of put what you're thinking of on paper just 
magic to me in a way. Like I could barely draw a straight line, but uh, for example, watching you uh, make uh, Tigger from Winnie the Pooh, just seeing it start off as a couple shapes and maybe like a person who's like uneducated on drawing characters, doesn't know where it's going. It's like, oh, a couple circles and a rectangle. But then to see this piece of just this iconic character come together, like, and fairly quick too. It's uh, just amazing what you guys do. Yeah, you can't spend too much time on each drawing because in the end, they have to be between 12 and 24 drawings per second. You know, even though I don't do all of those drawings, I do, I do the main ones. I do draw mm. the ones that really matter and, and frame the acting and the action. Then I have an assistant who do, who's doing the in-between drawings, uh, you know, based on my instructions. But uh, uh, yeah, if you take an hour for a drawing, uh, you won't get that scene done on, on time because we all have deadlines. And uh, uh, that's why drawing in a sketchy way is beneficial because a sketch takes less. It might be more emotional actually. You know, and all that. So, uh, and and from from my film, I actually kept that in mind. I didn't really want to have the characters on the screen defined by by fine, thin drawings, elegant drawings. I wanted a sketch. I wanted a sketchy look because to mm. me that adds emotion and feeling. So you can see that in the character drawings as well as the background paintings. That they're, they're also they're almost unfinished looking. That that they're, they're just a sketch. Yeah, and it's it's kind of amazing. I feel like uh, I. That's what I appreciated the most about it, too, because you kind of know somebody sat here by hand, like drawing frame by frame, which to me, that's insane. But uh, bless your work ethic and for you and your assistants to like put that together. That's amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, you have to love uh, drawing. You have to love acting. And uh, uh, it's it's expressing yourself. You know, you're basically telling the audience how you feel about the character. And it's, it's uh, people sometimes ask me um, what what is more important? Is the, the drawing more important or is the acting more important? And the clear answer to that is the acting is more important. Drawing is absolutely secondary because when I'm, when I'm uh, animating a scene and I look at the uh, blank sheet of paper, uh, I don't think about how it's drawn and how big the ears are and how big the nose is or whatever. I just, it's all about the feeling. It's all about the emotion. And then once I understand the emotion that I've kind of tried to feel in myself, then that will dictate how it's to be drawn. So drawing is, is always secondary. When I'm sitting at my desk, I, I uh, take a sheet of paper, do a doodle, another sheet really quick, uh, trying to come up with an acting pattern fairly quickly, you know, because that's how you work emotionally. It's by, by not taking a whole day to do all these these clean drawings, you know. So it's a, uh, and I wanted to have that, like I said earlier, I wanted to have that feeling on the screen, that that, that spontaneity of sketches, and remind people also at the same time that the drawings can do this, you mm -hmm. know, that, that you you see that you see drawings with black outlines on the screen, but after a few seconds, you might forget that they're actually drawings, that there's a real person in there behind these drawings, and and that these that these drawings live, they become characters. And to me, that's the ultimate magic trick is uh, to make people believe in that. Yeah, and it's Disney always does that. I know so the Muppets also do that with puppets too. Mm -hmm. Like after the first couple minutes, you're, you just expand your mind, you're in that universe and it's amazing. Absolutely. Also, I feel like uh, kind of the craft of what you do right now is 
turning into almost a lost art the way the industry went kind of pushing towards 3d with pixar and almost every animated movie now is 3d so it's refreshing to see this and um i also just kind of want to know like um your thoughts on the way the industry changed to 3d yeah uh 3d came by of course starting with uh, toy story way back and uh the box office was there immediately because people really took to it and uh of course uh, major film studios saw that, took took notice, and uh, uh, produced uh, and still are, you know, uh, CG films. I, my, and I, I, I'm really impressed what is possible these days that you can in CG create these realistic worlds that that look like the real world, basically, you know. And uh, but as an as an artist, you know, having learned uh, how to draw and spending years. Uh, expressing myself graphically, I, I I wanted to continue to do that because I I, I didn't want to put that aside and because uh, I still felt like I had things to say with drawings and graphics and storytelling. So that's how Mushka came came about. I wanted to do my own project. I said, here's your chance to make your own personal statement, and it might take a long time, which of course it has, but here we are. It's done, and uh, I'm absolutely thrilled. Yeah, me too. Me too. Even like uh, in the early days, like you mentioned, the Toy Story, I had no idea that that was going to completely take over. I knew there would probably be more of 3D stuff, but I didn't think that kind of like the hand drawings would be a lost art just because it was such a part of our lives, like the work you did and everything. And yeah, it's just been interesting and so cool to see you make a brand new film and even like people who have not seen this yet I kind of mentioned to them like people around my age and generation and before they even see the trailer they're like oh my god I gotta see this I gotta see this so it's kind of cool how you're just tapping into like our hearts and nostalgia once again yeah it's just a reminder that that kind of a magic you know drawings coming to life telling you a story becoming real that that still exists you know and uh, it shouldn't be all overlooked uh, and why can't we have CG animation and hand-drawn animation and stop-motion animation and all that stuff you know uh, uh, they're all magical in their own way mm -hmm. and uh, Andreas as a final question just to kind of let you know a lot of like different creatives uh, listen to these segments I do and I'm just wondering uh, as a person with a legacy like yourself would you have any advice for somebody trying to pursue their dream in film and animation yeah, I would kind of tell students the same thing that the Walt Disney Studio told me in their letter when I, when I was a kid. Uh, it doesn't really matter whether you're going to get into CG animation or stop motion or, or hand-drawn. Uh, uh, if you spend some time drawing and observing things, because that, that's really what drawing is, you observe things, you observe real animals at, at the zoo and you sketch them and you spend time with them or or if you, if you spend time life drawing, learning about the human figure, it'll just give you a reservoir of observations and knowledge that is gonna be useful in any kind of medium that you're gonna be working in uh, because most CG animators still doodle out what they're gonna have the characters do, you know? And uh, so if you, if you know how to draw well, that, that'll, that'll really help your planning process for your stop motion scene, for your CG scene, or for your hand-drawn scene. So learn how to draw, it's a fantastic tool. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Andreas, it was such an honor to talk to you today. Um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your media day. And I'm really excited for other people to see this film. Uh, I'm definitely going to just like be one of those persons like in the YouTube comments, checking the reviews too, because I had like such a good time. And like I mentioned, it brought back like this nostalgic feel to me. And what you did once again, like you do throughout your career is absolute magic. And I thank you for your legacy and everything. Oh, thanks so much, Sean. Thanks for having me. Hope you guys enjoyed that chat as much as I did. This was such a special one. And I thank Andreas for his time today. I could have kept him for three hours. There's endless things to ask a man with that kind of legacy, experience, knowledge, talent, soul, heart, spirit. I can keep on going. And even there was a moment I looked at the clock and I saw how much time I had with him. And, uh... And I ditched all my questions about asking him about working on Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where he pretty much almost did the lead on everything, all the animation. And um, yeah, that was just one of my favorite movies of my childhood. So maybe down the road we can catch up with him once again, and I can take a deeper dive into his work, which is just like I mentioned, how do you even cover all of it? You can't, it's timeless. And like we mentioned, Mushka, it's kind of making its run around some film festivals. But uh, keep in touch with us on our socials and we'll be sure to let you know when and where it makes a worldwide release. Super cool that that's even a thing. And um, I hope it inspires others to go back and make these throwback style of animation films, you know? The vibe and nostalgia I got from it was so heartwarming. And speaking of people who make my heart warm, I can't leave without thanking all you legends, other legends, on the Patreon page. We've taken the extra step to support this platform. And first up, the homie Mike Carniello of the Testing with Mike YouTube channel. I've noticed he's been posting some cool content. Go check it out. Also, Amanda McKnight of Top 10 Nerd, another wonderful talent who's on multiple YouTube channels and has a very amazing Twitch stream that celebrates comic books, video games, and all things nerdy. My man Ryan Watkins of Ryan Radio. The wonderful Jenny Potter. The GOAT, Devin McBride. Ryan frickin' Campbell. My favorite soul singer, Sabre. And last but not least, Francis Coffer, AKA my mom. If you want to support the show and get a shout out at the end of every episode, you can go to www.patreon.com slash the creative imbalance and also get these episodes super early before everybody else raw and uncut right when I'm done the interview. I take the zoom call and I drag and drop it right to the Patreon, not even a minute after I'm done and beyond the shout out and getting to listen to these things early. At the end of the day, you can go to bed at night just knowing you're a badass motherfucker who supports raw, uncut, independent media. And nobody can take that away from you. You hear me? All right, that's all for now. Got some other cool stuff coming around the corner. Such exciting times. Thank you for listening. If you like it, give it a share. And I'll catch you next time. Yeah!